When KJ Carter Samuels announced he was going to UCLA, we were trying to figure out why he would want to do this. Was there a graduate program at UCLA that he wanted to try out? Maybe he wanted to network down there. Maybe he liked the weather. Perhaps he just wanted to live in Southern California. Either way, it's safe to say we did not put respect on KJ Carter Samuels' name. What is up, everyone? It is March 27, 2018. Welcome to this edition of Washington Football Crunch, the official podcast of Washington football culture. I am Micah Chan, joined alongside, as always, Luke Monger of Dogman and WSU beat writer Jackson Garner. Jackson, can we call you a WSU beat writer? Is that, that's kind of your role, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's that's fair, I guess. It makes I you suppose. sound it makes you sound that, slimy, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go with beat writer. We'll go with that label. Um, you can find us work on the dailyevergreen.com. Look, we've got a lot to get into tonight, a lot of juicy info, info on UW and WC Spring Ball to get into, but I want to start with KJ Carter Samuels making mm-hmm. the switch to Colorado State from UCLA. It made mild national, is it mild or mild? I go with mild. Mild. Okay, it mild. made mild national headlines yeah. on Sunday. Luke, what do you make of KJ Carter Samuels making the jump to Colorado State? Um, it makes, it, first of all, it makes more sense to me, just given that, like, I don't, it just it feels more natural. I feel like it's very rare for a quarterback to uh, transfer from you know, like a Pac-12 school to another Pac-12 school. Uh, given just like the fact, and this is obviously no disrespect to KJ, but uh, like if you weren't winning the job, like if you didn't win the job at Washington, like it would be difficult to win the job at UCLA. And like, and that's not to say that he couldn't have won the job by any means. But it's one of those things. Like I feel like you'd have to go to a place where you absolutely know for a fact that you're going to play and start every single game, and that it's your job to lose. And for that reason, I feel like this move makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, so I'm curious to hear, like, I, unfortunately I don't know much about it, but what it was that uh, got K.J. Carter Samuels to UCLA in the first place, because, like, he is from California, but he's from San Jose, like, very northern That's not California. even close. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, have an, I have an interesting take here. So, I, so Gardner Minshew, who just transferred to WSU, he originally committed to Alabama, and a lot of people were saying really? that he... Well, yeah, yes. He was originally committed to Alabama, and a lot of people from said Chico, that wow. that was uh, from East Carolina. Uh, but a lot of people said that that was just oh, more of a, a publicity stunt, that he didn't actually think that <laughs> he was going to go there and win the job. He did that to, to get on the radars of more schools, I, I don't know if KJ Carter Samuels is, is in the same place because I mean he was at a pretty high profile place. He was a mm-hmm. pretty high profile guy Jackson, at high school. I hear what you're saying right now, but I don't think that applies to uh, this yeah. situation. Maybe it applies like to other situations. That's that's a stunt. Well, that's you what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But it seems, in a sense, similar that like well, you don't look at KJ Carter Samuels and think he's a guy that's going to instantly win the job. At UCLA, Anywhere? oh UCLA for sure. Yes. Well, I no, I think he's certainly a starter potential at Colorado State. I think he'll go in there and he'll start this year. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, it's a similar move. It's a, you, you see what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that this is they both have similar. Well, Colorado situations. State, Colorado State, and KJ Samuels are already in communications months ago prior to any type of UCLA commitment. So Colorado State was already aware. It wasn't they saw him go to UCLA and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, wouldn't it be really cool if, we, if, if like if, if he's at UCLA, he could definitely start for us." Uh, the head coach of Colorado State, Mike Bobo. And Chris Peterson were already talking about KJ Carter Samuels potentially mm-hmm. transferring there in the first place, and because of that, it's it kind of shows you that Colorado State wanted him already, and going to UCLA in the first place had no bearing on Colorado State having any type of increased entrance in Carter Samuels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And I guess the other thing, uh, kind of about the publicity idea, 
is like like you were saying, Alabama that kid committed there, and uh, and then it got him a Wazoo offer, another Pac-12 school, like Power Five conference. I feel like like obviously, I like I, I don't know. I just it it doesn't feel like if you're trying to get more publicity, like or whatever, it doesn't feel like Colorado State, you know, would be. It would have to be an Oregon yeah. State or a Cal yeah, or like some a, school like, that's still in that world. Yeah, like a like a mid to lower tier power five conference, something like that, where you can go and uh like yeah, like where yeah, news about you might spread at that level, but I feel like Colorado State is not quite but I mean I, I don't know, obviously that, that does spread news and stuff like that, so Maybe it'll give him increased credibility when he shows up. I, I don't know if he's going to... Is he going to be in a spring ball or is he going to have to show up in, uh, in the fall? He's got to show up in fall. Got to show okay. up in He's going to show up in the yeah. fall. There's obviously not a ton of game tape on KJ Curtis Samuels at UW, much less game tape of him actually throwing the ball. I don't know if Coach Peterson, like probably not, would let them see any like practice footage. Oh, they got they him. Did. They did. They got yes, him. Yes, yep. they did. They did. They did Interesting. That. Yeah. yeah. You think that, uh, sure. that Chris Peterson volunteered to give that up because well, he didn't I, think yeah. it would have any implication? I mean, they're not competition. They're, yeah. they're in a different world I think, than they I are. think Chris Peterson just wants to see his guys. And, you know, he doesn't want to see KJ Carter Samuels sit. You know, he's not a part of the future. of. of he's got two or he's got three new quarterbacks that he has to decide upon. And he would just rather see KJ Carter Samuels play in a situation like where, where he is going to be the guy. And Colorado State's definitely a good fit. So, you know, why not encourage it the plays that they're showing from practice aren't going to be any game breakers any type of game plan uh cuts they're just going to be cage Carter samuels his best throws and it won't be uh any type of exposure of anybody else in the field that's getting showcased it would just be cage Carter samuels making good plays so i don't think i don't think giving the practice film away is anything too revealing yeah not going to sell that or Definitely have any not. value to it mm-hmm. do you think that uh, you'll check it check his uh work out after he goes to colorado state yeah, I mean, I think I'll probably keep up with him. I remember ke- kind of keeping up with Deontay Cooper when he transferred down to San Jose State. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, Deontay was obviously more of like a heartbreaking story. So it was like, you know, I felt like that made it maybe a little easier to kind of check in on him. Uh, but I think I definitely will. I mean, KJ was a good guy for sure. Well-liked, a good leader. So I think definitely people from up here will, will check in a little bit every once in a while and kind of see what's going on, I'm sure. Maybe check the stats out after the game. I doubt they'll be watching yeah, a lot. No, like, yeah, I probably won't watch any Colorado State games, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that I'll check in here or there and see what's kind of going on. Shout out to Rashad Body, former running back for Skyline. I think he'll be starting for Colorado State this year. So there's a couple, there's a running back and quarterback now from Washington that'll be featured on Colorado State. But getting into some spring ball talk right now, uh, let's start with WSU. Mike Leach made it very, very. Uh, he emphasized that every position is open for competition. Mm-hmm. Now it's one thing to say every position is open, like Chris Peterson does at UW, because. Really, not every position is open. He just likes to say that because it's a part of his mantra. It's a part of just mm-hmm. the UW football atmosphere. Yeah. But it's a huge concern, however, if every position is genuinely open, like it is at WSU right now, where hardly any position is really locked down except for you know Andre Dillard at left tackle or Payne Palour at middle linebacker. And I saw yeah. you were at the practice and you were putting some really juicy information out from your account at Jackson yeah. M. Garner describing what you were seeing, and then it was gone. Can you kind of tell us what so, was going on? Yeah, with- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that one was kind of my bad. So I uh, <laughs> there is a pretty strict no tweeting policy at, at practice that that I was not aware of, and uh, that's just kind of one of the the rookie the rookie mistakes yeah. on the job. So I, I found out the hard way on that one. Uh, 
Who but calls yeah, you out on so, that? Who called? Well, I mean, I I didn't figure out the hard way necessarily. It could have been a lot worse, but I was informed by one of one of the other. Uh, mm media members there yeah. which is you know embarrassing it's not like yeah, that's not sure. it's not how you want to to figure yeah. that out no but uh so that yeah so i but I, I can tell you everything i saw i could have tweeted that after i just i just kind of got you, busy. you yeah. couldn't yeah you couldn't yeah. do it live that you couldn't yeah i can't i can't be there tweeting clips from yeah. practice yes. yeah there were there were clips from practice being put up about mm-hmm. yeah. players running through drills and what, yeah, yeah. what their analysis was but yeah just in that moment like you were saying i don't want to say what you said but you're kind of describing yeah. who was running what drill but let's start with uh, max borgia because he's probably the flashiest player right now he left high school early he arrived in i believe january yeah. Uh, I think it's reps in one the, of the room One of the and, six early signees. And they're, they've been very standout during or the early enrollees. Excuse me, not early signee. But and yes. it, seems, it seems widely accepted that Max Borgie is going to be the number two running back. Can you kind of uh, uh, give us kind I, of a take on that? I would not say that. I would, would you say I Keith Harrington's in there as well? Okay. Obviously, you got James Williams is, is going to be your featured, as much of a featured back as there will be on a, on a Mike Leach offense. He's going to be the number one guy. So. The carries in terms of who's getting the ball on the ground, I see that the who's if it's not James Williams, I see it being Borgie. I think he's better on the ground, but I do see Keith Harrington adding a lot of value in the passing game, and that's what's interesting about all three of them is they're all really capable pass catchers out of the backfield. And what we've heard of Max Borgie is that he is a a, a major player in the passing game. That's what he has been like, yes. highly touted coming out of high school, yes. being described similar to Christian McCaffrey. So to say that Max mm-hmm. Borgie is going to be the primary ball carrier, and you see James Williams kind of getting more reps out of the backfield, catching swing passes, catching underneath routes, that's kind of surprising because I would expect Max Borgie to fill that role as well as as his running duties yeah and, and i think with like kind of the identity of max Borg is still up up for debate because because i mean when you think of mccaffrey definitely more mm-hmm. of a, a scat back you know not necessarily as tackle to tackle. well granted at you know stanford he was certainly tackle to tackle <laughs> but i mean you could look at borg and say all right well you could put five to 10 pounds on that 190 pound frame. And you, you know, you got a really bulky 200 pound running back and you, you like the way that looks for the future and him taking on the starting gig, or you keep him at that 190 range and kind of have him more as, uh, you know, the, the scat back and, and the situational back, um, and kind of imitate a little bit more of a Christian McCaffrey. So I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I think, he should put on at least five pounds before the season starts. And I, and I, I would, he's, only, he's sus- 100. I feel like he's, he's 195 about, right now. Uh, I he wouldn't look, I would say, I would say, I'd say he's about one. I mean, he did, he looked, he, he did look like a, a kid who just got out of high school. Okay. I mean, okay. he's a big, he's a big guy. Like, don't get me wrong. He looks like a, uh, an athlete. He looks like he, did, he, he doesn't look like James Williams yet. He doesn't look like James Williams. <laughs> exactly. You know, he doesn't have that, like you know that that man's body he doesn't quite develop well, the man's yeah, body and, and he, he still is he's an 18 year old kid yeah. and we say it all yeah. the time on the show but yeah some of these guys no. are, a lot so, can I mean, happen he's got over time and, and i think you know five pounds is not going to do much in the way of speed but it is going to benefit him a lot should he see some should he see some carries mm-hmm. and i think you know for him personally like that's what he should be looking for is to to try and make an impact on the ground game because I, I feel like it's pretty widely accepted that all three of them are probably going to make some contributions in the passing game. 
especially with the quarterback situation right now, you might see more carries this year out of WSU's offense. And another freshman coming up early is Roderick Fisher. He's coming out of Spokane. And there were rumors. Now, I'm not going to give my sources away because that's uh, that's unethical, but there's rumors that Roderick Fisher was running with the ones. He was running with the starting receiving core. Can you give yeah, us uh, some type of confirmation on that? Well, yes, I can, but I, I think we have to – take this with a grain of salt too because you know when you think about like what is a one receiver for WSU I mean there's there's actively about nine receivers being used in in the offense so when you know a receiver gets his opportunity to run with the ones you know he was getting reps with the ones I can completely confirm that that he was out there with the first team offense but so were a lot of guys so you know Mike Leach is (laughs) trying to trying to figure out you know what's going to work, mm-hmm. what personnel packages are going to be best suited for him. And I would say, you know, just watching Roderick Fisher, pl- Roderick Fisher run routes and stuff, he, he looks like he's, he's holding some athleticism back. Yeah, okay. He doesn't look like he is really going all out. I mean, he looks like he's still trying to learn this offense, trying to adjust mm-hmm. to the college game. And, and he is, he is on, he is like holding, uh, Steve Spurrier Jr.'s pocket at all time. He is just right next to him. <laughs> yeah. Seems like he's trying to learn a ton and he he mm-hmm. has that eagerness to learn. So that's promising. And I think we'll start to see maybe some of the more athletic plays mm-hmm. and some of his, you know, physical intangibles sure. maybe in fall or maybe late spring. Yeah, like just real quick, just because I kind of saw him at a camp once. Mm-hmm. What do you mean like just kind of characterizing the player that like you expect him to be? Because he's like a definitely an outside guy. He's like six two ish, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. about there. And then yeah, athleticism. I heard he's just like a burner. Is that is that what he's been? He is a track or? star. I mean, he is yeah. sending all types uh, of records. On his, yes, meter. on his film, that that's what you'd certainly conclude. But that that's really not what you know. We I was seeing at practice. I really wasn't seeing him. You know, get mm-hmm. you know try and really burn anyone on some go routes or anything. It For seemed sure. like he was really in the trying to learn yeah. process footwork sure. fundamentals and route that's, running. that's the huge benefit mm-hmm. of a kid like that coming in then in the spring absolutely yeah they're just it it's invaluable for sure. well let's look at the UW side for freshman wide receivers Austin Osborne is one of those guys that came yep. here early but Marcus Spiker is not any disappointment not seeing Marcus Spiker during spring ball um I mean it, it's one of those things where like you know like you have to kind of think about it from like the kid's perspective because obviously you'd love to see a guy like that come in and compete as early as possible but then again it's like it's really I feel it could be really hard to forfeit your last couple months of of high school and then I know a lot of people like a lot of schools these are mostly like Catholic schools don't allow kids to graduate early oh no way yeah so I don't think but if I'm remembering correctly Marcus Spiker does not go to a school that would not allow him but I just think like you know a a lot of kids need to like it, there's a lot of value in just kind of enjoying the time of being in school while you can. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, like, you know, you'd love to see him up here, but I don't blame him necessarily if it was his decision to take his time or like, I, I'd have to imagine it'd be difficult to like, you know, actually get all the credits and stuff taken care of that you need to, to graduate early. So yeah, yeah. sometimes academically, like not everybody's able just to go right to you yeah. know, college football. Well, you know, just just touching on that kind of the idea of where kind of those kids are at mentally. I was just talking to to one of the WCU SIDS and he was or the SIDs and uh, mm-hmm. he was saying it's like 
you know, it's crazy to think that Cam Cooper is or Cam and Cooper is only 17 years old. Is, like, is he young for he his should age? Be, is he like a summer he birthday? Should be, he should be preparing for senior prom right now, and he is right, right now right, the, yeah. the dark yeah. horse in you know <laughs> getting the keys to Mike Leach's offense. For so sure. like just the culture shock that that's got to be to step into that. You know that's that's pretty crazy, and you can't you got to understand if a kid doesn't want to go that fast into sure. into and his the career. Thing, the other thing about Marcus Spiker too is that he. I'm trying to remember which bone it was, but I think he broke his collarbone. Mm. In his final college or final high school game, that was obviously what now like five months ago, but uh, you know just like physically maybe not even being prepared, and then yeah you you factor in the whole mental stuff and yeah I'm not super surprised maybe some muscle loss during that time when he was yeah for sure you got to build that strength back up. Some of those UW receivers being featured right now as the starters are running with the ones is Aaron Fuller, Quinton Pounds, and Chico McClatcher. Now, all those receivers are 5'10 or under, and it'd be nice to see somebody sure. like Marcus Spiker, Austin Osborne, mm-hmm. be highly featured as well, Ty yeah. Jones. Yeah, but Ty Jones. do you have any problem with those as you're starting three receivers right um, now? I, 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 I would doubt that those end up being the three just because, once again, that you have plenty of options that have more size. Uh, you think about a guy like Ty Jones, who's 6'4", 210, uh, and like all of those guys are good athletes and are, are kind of ideal, I think, more for a slot-ish role. Obviously, Chico will be the slot receiver, uh, but I, I think that it would kind of limit what you're able to do in the passing game if you didn't have a guy like Ty Jones out there or another guy to keep an eye on, retro freshman uh, Alex Cook and uh, Terrell Bynum. They're both about 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, and they will be like, it, it'll be fascinating kind of to get our first look at them since really the fall of last year, which was a pretty short look once again. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I like them all. I think Aaron Fuller is a good receiver. I think Andre Bacilli is a good receiver. And obviously, Chico McClatcher is a game breaker when he's healthy. Uh, and we didn't get to see much of him last year before he got hurt. Uh, but, I yeah, I think that I would be very surprised if those three end up being the, the guys who are out there for the majority of snaps for the Huskies. And you talk about the size of these wide receivers, and you know when you get in the spring ball, you get the updated height weight of each player. And I, I always enjoy looking at For that. Sure. I don't know about yeah, you guys. I always like seeing who's oh, lost yeah. weight, who's oh, gained weight. It. You know, Kamari yeah. Pleasant, the running back, he's put on, he's over yeah. well over two hundred now. Huge. And so uh, nice. and it, yeah, some of the offensive linemen they've been getting bigger as well. And we have four returning stars on the offensive line. The only departure is going to be Coleman Shelton. Mm-hmm. There are rumors of Nick Harris, the right guard for the last couple yeah. of seasons, moving over to center. Who would you like to see at center? Yeah, I think Nick Harris is the guy that I think is the most logical decision to put at center. And then, the, honestly, the thing uh, that, like, we're talking about size for receivers, and then Nick Harris is a six-one human being. And, like, obviously, he's done great, and he's held his own at right guard for two years. But you look at, like... It, like, are we really going to lose he, sleep over that? I mean, six one, six one to six two is is, is one inch really going to? Well, I mean, no, but you think style? about like you, you think about well, no, but it's like six one to like six four, six five. You oh, you'd I mean? rather like, I'm six four, six five. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just that like he's talked about it in interviews before. The hardest thing for him adjusting to college was just how long people are, and he can't get the first punch. You think you his know? wingspan's this not uh, proportional? So he doesn't have like it, long arms or no, he's not like a long armed guy. So you, you think of a guy like centers. I think typically, I mean, just. Like just typical body, like just distribution at positions. Center, I feel like typically can get away the most with being shorter guys. Interior defensive linemen tend to. I mean, obviously Vitave is a freak of nature and, and definitely a counterexample to this. But you think of guys like Greg Gaines <laughs> as like your your nose tackles. You know, another six one guy. Uh, 
And I think that Nick Harris playing at center, a guy who's started for two years, has a lot of experience. Uh, and like, yeah, I think he'd be an ideal guy to kind of be the captain of that offensive line, so to speak, and, and switch into a position that physically is more suited for what he has to offer. Doesn't uh, even have to be the captain. I mean, there's so many good offensive linemen on. Yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, so. but the guy who's in charge of like center, oh, center know, always has that reputation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like the guy like that. Uh, you know, is kind of like it, the, the the communication starts in the middle and goes out for 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 the most part. So Nick Harris is a guy going into his junior year that I think can handle that role for sure. Competition going on right now. WC is at the quarterback position now. Trey Tinsley was was throwing bombs on uh, on Thursday and Saturday, and he was yeah. really getting the brunt of the starting kind of starting quarterback reps. Uh, can you kind of confirm that? Is there somebody else backing up right now yeah. that's putting pressure? No, on no. Him? I mean, he's he looked really good, and I think uh, you know, obviously, you like to hear this. This is what Leach had to say to him after uh, the first practice. Uh, he has studied real hard, so I think he is ahead of the other guys as far as knowing stuff. Kind of alluding to maybe a front runner in Leach's terms, not really, but mm-hmm. we'll continue. At quarterback, there's a lot of there's a lot of time. You got to be on your own in the film room and watch film and assemble it. I think he spent more time in the f- film room than any of the other guys we have here. Oh, jeez, so he said that. You like to hear that if you're Trey Tinsley at, coming out of Leach's mouth. Um, he has looked good. But it is, you know, I'll say Cam and Cooper's arm is as good as advertised, and it only takes, you know, one throwing period to realize that. Um, So, I mean, it's really going to be about how much Cooper can develop. Can he develop enough to to take the reins? Because I think intangibles-wise, intangible-wise, you know, Cooper is the guy there. He looks looks the part. Tallest he guy just, in the room. He just, he, yeah, he just looks a little um, in, indecisive, I guess you'd say. He doesn't look as comfortable as Tinsley or a, as uh, Anthony Gordon. Um, but those guys have been around for a while. So you kind of expect that that comfort going into a, a spring practice with, you know, not saying it's low stakes because there's a quarterback battle. Oh, it's very on. high stakes right now. First yeah. impressions during spring ball. Anybody that hears that Trey Tinsley is standing out, he he was he was the dark horse front runner, not a dark horse front runner, yeah. but the the front runner that people believed would be at, uh, slightly ahead of the other four quarterbacks in the room. Now that they've kind the of confirmed same, that yeah, with this new story that he is the guy getting the most of the one number one reps right now. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I would say him and Gordon are, are splitting it. Not uh, maybe sixty forty to fifty fifty. Right, it's right. close. It's close, and, and I just think Tinsley probably knows this, but his his early touchdowns in spring practice and all this stuff don't mean squat to to Leach. Mm-hmm. You know, he he has to be able to prove himself from now until the end of fall camp. Has he had like uh, just in, in my experience from watching freshman quarterbacks and then hearing also about Jake's spring uh, before? Like mm-hmm. obviously, I was not out of high school that yet was is, does he have any pick problems like i i just i used to hear stories like of jake throwing like three picks in a practice yeah no i mean he threw, Gad throw like four or two yeah. when his freshman year jake hayner did the same thing yeah no i mean he probably threw two or three interceptions that i saw and, yeah. and but i mean he also made a, a beautiful play where he he you know st- stepped up in the pocket and ran out and, and threw a, a 45 yard dime into the end zone for a yeah, touchdown for sure. So I mean, you know, there's the give and the take with the freshman quarterback. Absolutely, you can yeah. you can see you mm-hmm. can see the intangibles there. It's just you know harnessing it and, and absolutely 
you know, getting him there. Yeah, and, and that's the huge, also, I mean, I kind of said it earlier with, with uh, gosh, what's the receiver's name? I'm totally blanking. But uh, just, like. Rod Fisher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, Roger, like, how important it is, like, especially for a quarterback, to be able to enroll early and do spring. And, like, it's just huge. You Get know? that all of your yeah. system. The, yeah, the exactly. And, and then the just, like, jitters. adjust to the speed, you know? So then instead of having to adjust uh, from, I don't know, the beginning of August until, like, this like September 1st, mm-hmm. you're going from, like, the beginning of, or, like, the, the middle to end of March. And then you have summer and all that stuff. And then, like, just yeah, the, the acceleration. Definitely. Especially, like, when you have a guy who's obviously clearly, like you said, like, there's just something different about him. Uh, and mm-hmm. like the, the potential and then just the playmaking ability and just kind of like just the presence. Yeah. Um, some yeah. time to nurture it, you know, exactly. It definitely, yeah. it definitely helps a lot. Yeah. And there's just so, you know, it's not just one thing. It's not like he just has to learn the offense. He has to For learn sure. the speed of the game. He has to get, you know, yeah. familiar with living by himself. Like, a, a, you know, earning the respect crazy, of the locker room. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Developing relationships with the receivers and the rest of the team. Yeah. Like there's so much going on and just the extra three, four months that enrolling early gives you. For sure. I mean, it it definitely yeah. gives you a, a step up in terms of playing your first year. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see uh, super cool news articles about Max Borgie and Kmon Cooper turning into best friends, kind of like how we saw with Luke Falk and Jamal Morrow in that class? Uh, you know, I, 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 there, I have some pictures on my phone of, the, of those two guys standing <laughs> together. And, I, and if it Symbolic. were not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... I could see it. I could see it. Though they look like they're they're close. They kind of feel like they're in the same boat. They're, um, they're both from the same area, right? Aren't they both from Utah? No, uh, Borgie's, Borgie's from Colorado. From, oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So both from the Rocky Mountains. Uh, but it de- you definitely get the feel that th- they feel like they're in the same boat. Kind of, you know, the two guys. A lot of people have been talking about. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If they're as close to Roderick Fisher, that would be kind of cool if they kind of had right, their, their, right, their big, big three, three yes, kind of. That would be cool. But uh, I mean, I would imagine as as they go along, they'll get closer and closer. So, you know, that's all I've seen so far. Luke, did you have anything to comment on that? I heard, I, I heard you uh, You want to sit, you want to get a word in. Oh, no, that, that was before. It's, it's a totally off-topic question right now, so <laughs> mm-hmm. don't, don't even worry about it. Let's let's talk UW tight ends right now. Uh, Drew Sample and Hunter Bryant are back. Will Disley is out. Have you noticed there's not a lot of returning players this year? And that doesn't mean that these are a bunch of seniors either. I mean, this is a really young team last year. Now they're coming back, and they're not just like like what WC was this past season. Uh, like Drew Sample is a senior right now, but Hunter Bryant, yeah. he's a featured player, and he's uh, he's coming back as a sophomore. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you you kind of noticed that kind of uh, not not a bunch of seniors, but still a really experienced team. Yeah, it's weird. There's definitely a, a, like a, a unique blend of uh, some newness and some oldness because obviously you have guys like Miles Gaskin and, and Jake Great Walker games. and Trey Adams. Yeah, and like you've got your seniors, but there will be a lot of young people in, in prominent roles. Uh, like you look at the receivers, and off the top of my head, uh, there's not a senior. Right, you know? right. The only yeah. ones that left was Dante Pettis. Yeah, and, exactly. And then there, I, I don't think there's and, another one. Uh, Brady Linius. Oh, well, Chico McClatcher would be a senior. You know, he got, he got he's a junior now. He's, yep, he's, he got uh, his medical record. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, like, and, and then at tight end, you have Drew Sample, obviously. But then, like you said, Hunter Bryant will have an enormous role. And will, like, you dub, like, just kind of a random fact in the last three games of the season, you dub started out each game in a three tight end set, which obviously, like, Starts don't matter. Obviously, snap distribution counts a little more. However, like 
Hunter Bryant will like Hunter Bryant will start double digit games. That's just what UW does. They use tight ends so much. I, like I can't remember the last time they didn't come out in at least a two tight end set. You know, like it's just kind of what they do. So he's like, and then on the defensive side, uh, like Byron Murphy is a youngster. He got he put on some weight. He's up to like one eighty five right now. Yeah, that's huge. Ten pounds. I mean, it's enormous. Yeah, and then. Uh, you're going to have young guys in the middle. You have to replace Keyshawn Bieria's absence. Uh, and Azeem Victor, obviously, Azeem didn't end up starting many games. Uh, but just that sort of thing. Outside linebacker, both positions. Actually, no, Tevis Bartlett will be a senior. But there's like, it's a really unique uh, kind of like, th- there's definitely a lot of senior leadership on the team, but there will be a lot of young players to be excited about in prominent roles. So who, who do you see getting more reps next year, Drew Sample or Hunter Bryant? Oh, that's tough. Honestly, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Hunter Bryant uh, I have it written down somewhere because it was in my tight end position preview for the spring. But Hunter Bryant, before he got hurt, only played and like obviously he was a freshman and his snap, uh, his snap like just percentage will increase, obviously as he matures. But he only played in like thirty-five ish to forty percent of the snaps in games, just because he obviously was such a good pass catching option. But he would like. He was the oh he was the only tight end on the team that like the only tight end on the team including walk-ons all this stuff that was involved in more pass plays than run plays and that's just because you know you're young uh, he's built he's different known, than everyone else yeah yeah you know you're he's known as a pass catching tight end he's only six uh, two yeah. yep so it's it's just something you've got to adjust to so it, it will really all dictate or be dictated by like this the strides that he's taken and his ability to like be kind of like a guy who can pave some paths in the in the run game. Uh, I do think that Hunter Bryant will see a lot of snaps, uh, but just right now, I, I just have a hunch that Drew Sample will be the guy that sees more snaps, but I don't think that he'll have, statistically for sure, the impact that Hunter has. Hunter will have... A, like he he's a guy that could have like a forty reception year. Yeah, and Drew, Drew Sample just has never or Drew Sample's never been that guy. Drew Sample is six five, two sixty two, so he definitely fits that blocking for sure. Moral. Hunter Bryant mm-hmm. six two, a nice slim two forty five definitely fits that pass catching role better. Mm-hmm. But looking at the running back position right now, Savan Ahmed getting rave reviews as he always for does. Sure. He was actually faster than Miles Gaskin by .01 seconds at the, <laughs> at the UW Combine. Hmm. But looking at the people behind him right now, guys that are going to get a lot more reps during spring ball just because that's that's a mm-hmm. chance for guys that don't get as many reps during the regular season to get a chance to showcase their ability. And Sean McGrew added five pounds. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a guy that's only 5'7", you want to get yeah. some some extra muscle on him. And he, he'll, he'll sure. only max out at a certain point. Kamari Pleasant... Gotta love the, you gotta love to see this because he was For six sure. feet tall and now he's at the 207 pounds. Uh, but Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant, those are the third and fourth options right now. A mm-hmm. big step down for Savon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. But nobody's asking for them to be like kind of fits those roles. And yeah, they're bo- for sure. But they're both more than capable of being a third string running back. Um, Definitely. Strong McGrew, he's got he's got a, a lot of good re- he's got good receiving abilities. But Kamari mm-hmm. Pleasant, more of that power guy, similar to Vaughn Coleman. Do you see which one do you like more as a third option, or do you think that they'll both well, kind of get equal so playing it, time? It'll be interesting. I think I think they will get relatively even playing time. I think so. The thing about Kamari Pleasant that will earn his spot is uh, like Levon Coleman. They, they do two back sets a lot, and Levon Coleman would lead block for Miles Gaskin like a fair amount. Not obviously a ton, but he was like used as a run blocker. And like I'm a hundred percent convinced that the reason they had Hunter th- or not Hunters, what am I saying? The reason that they had Kamari Pleasant throw on like 15, 16 pounds was so that he could get in there and like 
clear clear up some do, space. Do do the role that Savon Ahmed can't do in two running back sets. Exactly. Yeah, and, and obviously Sean McGrew can't. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. The, his his like he will be the Levon Coleman in in terms of like he's going to be in there and he's going to be the bruiser obviously in terms of being the biggest back, but he's also going to be a guy that's going to pave some paths. Goal but line Sean carries McGrew, is that in the is that in the card? It's or? interesting. Well, he fumbled, is, didn't he? He fumbled. Uh, yeah, he, he fumbled, <laughs> which is like concerning, I'll never obviously. forget that. Yeah. yeah, like that's one of those things where it's like. When you only get like twelve carries in a year and you fumble once, everyone is gonna be horrified about your fumble. Like they're gonna say you have a fumble problem until like you go hundred and fifty carries the next season without fumbling it, you know? So that that's something that I think people will be concerned about. I don't, like obviously I haven't seen enough of him to decide whether or not he has a fumble problem. Uh but that's something to keep an eye on for sure. And then Sean McGrew, the thing Oh, but the goal line back thing. The yeah, thing right. that's weird about like UW is Miles like Miles Gaskin is so, like he's just so good between the tackles, and it's it's the weirdest thing of all time. You don't so, need a goal line back with him. Yeah, there. exactly. He's, he's, he's strong he's enough to your, handle that. He's not your prototypical guy, but he's got he's got a low center, and he's impossible to like. N- n- I've never seen Miles Gaskin just get clobbered. You know what I mean? He's a guy that it's hard to get a good shot on. He had 21 rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, so when they're in the red zone, they're going to hand the ball to Miles Gaskin. Right, sure. right. Yeah. Um, but Sean McGrew, I think, is a guy that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if McGrew got more carries than Pleasant. Obviously, involving four running backs will be hard, but Sean McGrew is, like, he's special. So, so maybe more reps for Kamari Pleasant, but perhaps yeah. more carries for mm-hmm. Sean McGrew, more Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Hunter Bryant-Drew Sample thing. Like, I'm sure Drew Sample will have more snaps in games, but Hunter Bryant will be way more involved in the passing game, and, like, his impact, I feel like, will be remembered more. Uh, and I feel like it could be the other way around for McGrew and Pleasant. Obviously, it's hard to involve four running backs in an offense, but I think it's definitely a possibility because uh, Sean McGrew has that game-breaking speed and shiftiness. Yeah, that might might create an illusion of uh, uh, Sean McGrew getting more playing time. But you know, like you said, Kamari Pleasant going to be in there for a lot of different yeah. packages. Mm-hmm. But we talk about experienced players, but let's let's talk about the most experienced player on, on either UW or WC right now. That is Payne Palur. Definitely the elder statesman in WSU's locker yeah. right now. And surprise, surprise, he cut his hair, which I think he looks pretty good with it. Right? Uh, he, yeah, he no, looks good I mean, either way. Went from the most recognizable player on WSU's <laughs> most generic team looking to, to, guy the, to the least recognizable guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Goes from like a six foot, two hundred twenty pound linebacker to looking undersized. Uh, oh, now he, probably, he looks he undersized with the hair. Yeah, <laughs> probably lost about ten pounds when he cut off the hair too. So <laughs> yeah. might be a, might be a little undersized. Definitely a less manly look, but it's <laughs> awesome having him back as a six year starter. He seems yeah. pretty content. Mike Leach seems very excited about it. Uh, Payne Palour is he is he somebody that's gonna you expect big things out of this year, or are you kind of worried that six year he might he might just be coasting because you know he's, he's he lost he lost his entire class he's he's really the la- he's the yeah. last of his generation, uh, he, and and he's done in a few months anyway. So I, I yeah I I don't uh, you know it's an interesting situation for him because he you know he really has to feel like an old guy around you know that that recruiting class was so close. You can't relate to, to anybody right one. now. Yeah. <laughs> The only one left, and I, you know, I'm sure he kind of feels like a coach in a sense. Like that that linebacking group is so young. I mean, they have you know great guys, you know, Jahad Woods and Justice mm-hmm. Rogers, and a number of other guys that have plenty of potential to. to, to and they're hungry. They're that, young that and hungry, group. and they want yeah, to start. Absolutely, yeah, they want to start and it's just great. Era. Yeah, it's great to have that one older guy who who you know knows the ropes and, and can really lead those guys and i think it's going to benefit the younger guys a lot having his, you know his presence around and and it always seems to benefit younger guys when there's an older presence mm-hmm. that's that's 
in the locker room, you know, not just a coach. Gotta love Payne Pelluer, the last player sure. in the class of 2012. Is that correct? He's the class of 2012, isn't 2013. he? 2013. 2013, right. Last last <laughs> player in the state, I, I feel I feel like... I, Even I, 2013 I, feels mm-hmm. like a million years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah last right? player of... Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we won't see uh, very much, uh, you know, after that. So from 2013 at all. So this is the yeah, last. I mean, this is this is really that. this is his his victory <laughs> lap. You know, no, I don't. There's no. I don't. I think he's openly come out and said he does not have any NFL aspirations. He's yeah, know. kind of like a, he's kind of like an Isaac Dotson guy when it comes to post uh, yeah post football yeah. life. As far as you know, making a career out of yeah. it, I don't think you're gonna see Payne Pluer in the CFL. Or going to Europe, or uh, or maybe you will. You know, it's, it depends on if he's still hungry to play after that. See yeah. what his opportunities are. Now, Luke, uh, this is going to be the biggest question that we ask mm. for Spring Bowl, and I just Ready? want a one-word answer. I don't want an explanation. <laughs> you can give an explanation after you get the answer, but one for word, sure. one last name. Who backs up Jake Brown this year? Give me one last name. Hainer. <laughs> you think you're <laughs> both get a red shirt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I think they could split the class, but I think Jake Hainer. Is the safe answer, and I'm going to, I'm going to you really defend think my name. So? You know, wow. I, was talking, I was talking with my friends today about safe predictions, and like if you if you ask someone what the Mariners' record is going to be, they're going to say 80, like 84 and whatever, 78. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's like, like they do, they they make the, <laughs> like they miraculously make the playoff, and you're like, oh, I was only like four wins off, and then they like even yeah. if they had a horrible season, no one's going to remember your 84 win prediction. So yeah, the, like Jake Hainer, Jake Hainer's my 84 win yeah. Mariners prediction. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy like he's definitely like co- like he's an impressive arm for a kid that's like my height. Uh, like obviously, like his biggest shortcomings is size, but then th- that hasn't deterred Coach Peterson in the past. If you look at guys like Kellen Moore and Jake Browning, uh, he will have had now a spring, a fall, and a spring in the system. Actually, no, he didn't come for spring. I'm crazy. But now, like a fall uh, camp, a whole season of working out and then a winter like he, he I think he's just kind of the guy who's going to be most immersed in the offense obviously for Yankoff and Sermon it's going to be very beneficial for them to be able to uh you know okay let, let me let me put a twist on does this. that just but does that just it's, make it, it so because you're good. building tension you're building t- you know you're gonna redshirt yeah both honestly those the guys, thing, the and thing, then at some and, at some point like, you gotta I, make a choice and it's gonna yeah, be you're not delaying the inevitable and then yeah, yeah. And then the, well the thing about it though is obviously I'm not a coach, and like so this isn't a unique strategy. But they might obviously they might intentionally split the class. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, so, no, that that's what everybody thinks they're going to do. That's why I expected uh-huh. you to say Yankee Yankoff or, or no. Sermon. Honestly, it, it, it was funny. Like the, like I don't know why they just neither of their heads came to my like neither of them really came to my mind. I just think that there will be so much like. I, I just think at the end of the day, if they have the opportunity to redshirt two four-star talents, know. it's going to be I huge. don't know. It, 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 trust me, for, for people with OCD, it's nice that they're redshirting both because it gives you that clean, kind of yeah, easy to sure. track where they're going to mm-hmm. be. If you and obviously them, with you, none of them expected <laughs> to play this year, uh, if one of them ends up transferring, it like still preserves, you know, like... Right, right, yeah, and it, it, it creates then, then a less year, messy you got, situation. You got East and two, like that's that's just gonna that's gonna be a, it's gonna they be both have bad slates. blood. That's what I'm that's most gonna excited be bad about for Wednesday. When, oh my gosh, yeah. Jacob Eason in action. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, 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 he is going viral on Twitter. Every time he throws a football in any in any part of the state of Washington, people are freaking yeah. out. Whether oh it's my gosh! Keeps, I mean, whether it's some random high school, yeah. whether he tweets something about UW. I mean, people are just losing their minds every time Eason puts something out there on social yeah. media. This like, 
it's like I, I just kind of thought about this now for the first time, but the expectations that Jacob, like, yeah, that Jacob Eason has for whatever, however many years he ends up being at UW, whether it's one or two, is just fin- like unbelievable. Like, people are ready for Jacob Eason to be the savior. Which, I mean, obviously, he's not saving them from much. They've won. Yeah, right. It, 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 there's not, there's only like, so much better that he can make yeah, this team. Yeah, but it's just, like, people are ready for him, which is, like, I, I kind of feel bad for Jake. Like, people, let's, like, let's I take think in he, I think he's, I think he's excited to take that role and take that responsibility to live up to those expectations. Oh, for sure. Because of how far he's been pushed down in Georgia, just in the eyes of that coaching staff and not wanting the, not wanting him to, you know, oh, he's, he's the previous uh, regime's guy. We don't, yeah. want, we, we don't really want to deal with him. I think he's hungry enough, and he feels even though he's being hyped up by the Seattle community he feels like an underdog because of how he's been treated the past couple seasons and mm-hmm. he has so much arm that he's just gonna he's just gonna be ready to air it out to what, all yeah. these big time receivers oh, and, sure. and, and, and he will live up to those expectations it, it'd be it'd be really hard for him to mess this up I mean yeah. everything is aligned he's perfectly home. he's playing this yeah he's comfortable he's not 5,000 miles sure. away he's with people that he, everybody that he's working with right oh, now whether yeah. it be Jake Heaps I've known him for so many years now and in in the UW, everybody wants to see him succeed. Which when you For have sure. that kind of when you kind of have that back backing, it makes you feel that much more confident. But uh, going back to kind of like talking about who's going to back up this guy, let's just we, we can talk about Jacob Beeson for the next five years. Like, or we, <laughs> we can still always be a part of this kind of Washington well, football. Do you guys scene, think? But. Do you guys think that in terms of when Sermon or Yankoff plays, it's just going to kind of be a matter of who stays around longer? Like, you can ride I mean, this way back. And I think there's I think there's going to be a legitimate competition next year. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if if it does go Eason's way, I would you know. Imagine one depending upon depending upon how that season goes, he's there for one or two years. You know, yeah. Do you think? Do you think one? Or, do you think either of them leave? Are in you saying if, if Eason uh, wins, if if uh, if Sermon wins the backup if, job? If, if, in well, this, so, if no, if, if like Eason, it, they're saying if Eason, if Eason wins the starting job in twenty nineteen, which is will that yes, yes, one of them would, to will would one of them and to that point is like does 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 the pretty much the deciding factor of, of who's gonna take the starting job yeah for i mean i could see it happening it's just who's gonna stay longer i think I, they want to i think they're gonna want to win one-on-one with sermon and yankoff there because if you leave and the other guy's just a backup he's not a starter he's still just a backup you can win the yeah. job the following season after yeah just because you back well, up jacob eason doesn't mean that he's gonna start the next year you'll, yeah. you'll have that in the back of your mind fair that, that's for sure but i mean i, I think then just the idea of like, all right, now I'm waiting another year, and then <laughs> one of us will have to sit the next two or three. Yeah, you're right because you have the like, transfer yeah. policy. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if one did, especially then you see, oh no, like Dylan Morris is coming too. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them go. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. Last last Jacob Eason comment, just because it's on my brain and I can't get it out of my head. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the UW Dog Pack Twitter account tweeted, because obviously Jacob Eason now listed 6'5", 235 is just He lost an inch in height, okay. Uh, yeah, but like, like, I don't know what it is. I, I swear UW downsizes their players. But anyways, like, coach coaches, I feel like, have a reputation for rounding up. I think Coach Pete yeah, like, rounds down. Do you think he's like 6'5 and a half and they just Yeah, like Azeem Victor last year was listed at like 6'2", but he was listed at 6'4". Right, at years. the combine, right, yeah. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like, okay, whatever. But, uh, Dogback, like his his Twitter handle squin- or is Skinny QB ten, right? Like, like <laughs> dog yeah. the Dogback Twitter account was like he needs to change his name to Thick QB, t- like like he's <laughs> enormous, right? It's just it's the, I've never like nothing has resonated with me more. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you look at his cheeks now. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not uh, the the sophomore quarterback that he that people made fun of <laughs> when he was at Lake Stevens. And by the way, yeah. Easton's Easton. Uh, sorry, a sermon is also no skinny QB either. He's a no. He's, he's a, a fully grown too. man. Yeah, both those guys. Yeah, they're NFL sized already. But here's my situation. This is where the twist I want to put on this. So Jake Browning, uh, God forbid, in fall camp he tears ACL or yeah. week two he tears ACL. Are you really saying that Jake Hayner is going to take over as a starting quarterback? Like I said, it's easy to put him on the depth chart as number two because yeah. of the experience. I mean, that's but Honestly, like if, if if Jake Browning's out for more than three weeks, do you really think that Jake Hayner is going to be the one? I mean, that might, that could potentially waste the yeah. season. I I think a lot of that will like, I don't know. I mean, obviously that's something that they'll have to consider. What do you think they should do if if Jake Browning goes down for the entire season? I, do you think that you they know, promote one of those freshmen? I think well, so obviously they'd have to decide what like because at that point, especially with the depth that you have in that room, you have to say all right, like what's going to help us win most right now, and. But, you know, like, there's just, obviously, just a lot of maturing for both quarterbacks to do to get to a point where they would be the best quarterback available. So you yeah, would choose think, Jake Hanner well, in that situation. I think you still have to consider, like, you know, just the nature of UW's offense and what the quarterback is mm-hmm. being asked to do. You know, they, they want someone who can manage a game. They want someone who's going to yeah. make the, all the right decisions. They don't want some young kid trying to come in and prove himself and, and <laughs> trying, to throw, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, trying to throw miraculous touchdowns. You know, they want someone who knows the system. And, and I think, For sure. you know, they give themselves a better chance of winning with going with someone who, you know, maybe might be a little more conservative and just going to be okay with For sure. letting Miles Gaskin do his thing, which has He'll listen you know, to the coaching worked staff. out, he which has has worked out the coaching rather staff. well for, uh, for UW in, in the past season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, yeah. Like, yeah. And then it, it would just be interesting because then you think, like, a guy like Jacob Sermon, or no, yeah, Jacob Sermon, uh, just kind of, like, I haven't seen him throw live yet as a Husky, but I, I've just, like, from what I've heard is that, obviously, he can make every throw on the football field, but he's a guy who has a lot of seasoning, you know, and, like, like mm-hmm. any freshman quarterback and a lot of... And then, like, uh, Colson Yankoff is a guy who, like, he threw the ball a ton in high school, but he's also, like, a runner, you know? so it's Which also, which is a good mm-hmm. thing, but it, it could also be seen yeah, as you know, something so that just like, playing style. Yeah, is, is this going to be, like, which one of these guys is going to fit in the system... I think is a great question that you proposed there, Jackson. And I think that that's why, like, you just it, it's it's natural to say a guy like Hanner. You know, he's a guy. He's a pocket mm-hmm. passer. He's been uh, praised for being an accurate thrower of the football with an impressive arm. Uh, that that sounds like kind of exactly the guy that like they'd be comfortable with. Obviously, if like with spring and fall, it's going to be like there's a lot of time for one of those freshman quarterbacks to step up, but just. I think that like the the most likely answer until we see them and how they develop the most likely answer is Hayner still for me. Brock mm-hmm. Hewer described Jacob Easton as having the strongest arm on the entire planet. I don't know. If <laughs> it wasn't word for word that, but that's what he was hinting at. Like he has never, like he, as of right now, for that wasn't it like for that age or something. Like I, that, I think he really like, meant the entire planet. Like I, I, he, I don't he, think. That, I, don't, I, I think. I, I think you're misquoting because well, his arm I it was, is strong. I it was Hugh that said it. I think he's. I, He's stronger than Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's that's been uh, and Matthew Stafford's a little bit older right he now, and exactly he has like more Matty mileage. Also, but Matty. that's the thing—he's huge. He he's bigger. He, he towers. <laughs> he towers over Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's got a good three inches on him. I mean, you see them standing next to each other in the Georgia bars or wherever they take pictures at. Like they, they are, <laughs> Stafford looks very undersized compared to Jacob Eason. But my point being, I would love to see who has a stronger arm between Jacob Sermon and Jacob Eason. But that's we're never gonna know for sure who can throw the football further. Uh, you, that, wouldn't that be something you guys would want to see? Who has a stronger arm between those two? Between Stafford and 
No, between oh. Eason and Sermon. Eason and Sermon. I yeah, think I mean, Eason probably. well, Eason yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I would like to see, I would like to see how close Sermon is because yeah. he is a, he is a strong. I mean, like, quarterback I, I want to well. see a, I want to see someone clock these guys throwing the football like miles per hour as opposed yeah. to distance. <laughs> yeah, that'd be super <laughs> interesting. Because uh, obviously, I mean, I feel like like I feel like any quarterback that's playing like. I've seen J- like Jake in warmups, Jake Browning, like just warming up. They'll do a little long toss thing, and like I- I've seen him throw the ball like sixty yards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it's not necessarily it like, is not 60, 70 yards. You know, it's like right. not necessarily. It- it's not like the distance struggle. Yeah, like it's not a struggle for them to get some distance behind. It. It's 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 like can you zip that in? Like you you have a window. Mm-hmm. Someone gets by their corner, their safety like help over the top. Are you gonna be able to zip that in it- so that first of all they can catch it, and second of all they don't get like their heads ripped off in the process of catching it. It's it's good you got some big body receivers to catch those bullets, but let's uh, let's talk about the new mascot at UW right now. Oh it's gosh. his name is Dubs Dubs mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. and I I I know we're gonna like you look at him and something goes off in your brain. It just you just develop this connection with this dog. I mean he he really is a genetically superior dog. They picked from over <laughs> ninety options. Genetically superior. <laughs> he is, that's he a was, great that's a great way of putting it. That's how I see him. I see him as like a, a just uh, a congratulations on your success dog and, and being born uh, with with your with your background uh, with your with your inheritance. He was actually born very recently on January fourth. And man, you know they love giving their mascots a voice. I mean, on social media, oh yeah, uh, he described on their website his his favorite toy is a duck. His hobbies include digging. That's so and, funny. <laughs> like just that was that that so cheesy and so funny. He like, has three sisters and they pick duck, on him. It's so funny. <laughs> it's stuffed ducky. Uh, he gets car sick, but yeah, just giving the just making the dog even cuter. Uh, favorite colors are purple and gold, obviously. And there was actually an 11-page application process just for a chance. So these adults that own these husky dogs, these puppies, had to fill 11 pages of information on their dog just to get a chance to throw them into the pile with 90 other ones that were observed. They were eventually picked by like a UW vet and representative from the from the kind of the, uh, the athletic department. Um, is there a financial incentive for such a rigorous process as far as like kind of because it's cool to have a dog as your mascot and it's cool to have a live ma- mascot sure. but uh, this is something that can make them money uh, just based off uh, you know social media presence and mm. merchandise I don't know how much Dubs merchandise you can really sell but you know kind of, <laughs> kind of showing him at events uh, like what are some of the financial avenues that you can take with having I a live don't mascot know. I, I honestly I don't know if they like have any financial kind of like incentives it, benefits from yeah like honestly is I it, feel part, like, it, might, it must be part of the well, brand image just yeah, yeah customizing I wanna, uniforms because UW and, is just one of those schools you know that I feel like there's enough of a fan base that is so proud of they don't like, need a dog to exactly well no no they're so like that they're like that they'd be fine donating their dog essentially you know like they're yeah that's what well, that's what I'm that that's what I'm wondering well no it's not like, the people that own the dog like, is there financial incentive to the university for because like they're putting so much time oh, into finding this oh, dog yeah like, what, I mean, like, I'm what sure is the they benefit can. commercials or merchandise or this I, I just say the most part yeah I'd say like if there are any I think appearances would be the way that you could benefit off of like you could make some money off of dubs just general branding of your university having a dog there at yeah all events but and, like for the most part the dog never leaves like campus you know it just kind of you know who really walks you know who really loses here is the previous owner of dubs goes through the 11 page process gets selected to you know for their dog to to be dubs and then just stripped away and you don't even get to keep exactly you know like i like that's rough that's rough wouldn't you want to like hide that thing forever i mean it's just the most beautiful animal i've ever seen how could you how could you be okay with giving that that pup away yeah well no the thing about the thing about the new dubs is like 
there's some pictures out like obviously every picture of it's super cute but like if you get a straight on picture and you like look at its eyes it's like that thing is going to be a scary freaking dog when it's like mm. 80 pounds it's like an intimidating <laughs> face you know you yeah. think that you think that huskies are intimidating in any way he is a husky yeah, correct well, they, they're like i don't know i feel like, like they stay cute forever yeah, I mean they're it's always not a really wolf cute, but it's like, but it's it's got like, but it's got the <laughs> wolfish look. It's, yeah, it's got a, you know, it's like yeah, much meaner definitely. looking than like a golden retriever, you know. So you think this little dog will be yeah. around for the next decade or so? You think it's uh, gonna be a fixture? Yeah, I bet it'll long? be like an eight or nine year thing once again. And it'll be forgotten. I mean, it's about. funny, he's like, yeah, like you, you just like you look at old dubs, and like I, I'd be curious to see like dubs year one of this current dubs versus like this year and like time his like run out yeah. of the tunnel. <laughs> Like he's lost a step for sure, you know. So, like, it's it's actually pretty amazing that they squeezed eight years out of a dog. I feel like that is quite a long time to be physically. Like I said, these are these are these dogs are made in a lab. I mean, they're taking oh, for the sure. best. Uh, it, it was made. I don't think it had like a previous owner. It was created like there was like four dogs in the litter, so they just picked kind of that. They they looked at wow. all of them, and that so that was. I don't. I, I don't know who the previous owner was. Apparently, there's a new owner that so kind of a new filled family out the, that who filled out the eleven page the company uh, the the producer of uh, the new dubs. The, uh, the, dog, the dog producer. <laughs> the, the, yeah, right. The, the, the yeah, breeder, that's yeah. a business. That's a real business that you you create you you create prize winning dogs and you sell them off. I I, just, I doubt yeah, no, it's of, amazing. No, it's true. That's the thing. But it's just like such an amazing concept, you know. <laughs> it's just it's funny. People are willing to pay good money for uh, for for good looking dogs and and dogs that'll win prizes. Uh, but so that's gonna be the new, new UW mascot, yep. and you'll probably see him like Luke said around the UW campus, uh, UW football games. But other than that, he'll be living with his host family, look like some nice people. And Dubs is going to. He's already got like three thousand five hundred followers on Twitter right now. Oh yeah, and it, it, it's it's just, yeah, it's crazy. He has like more followers than Chico McClatcher and some of these guys right now. This, <laughs> this, 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 this fake dog count. But uh, yeah, so that's that's gonna be a new mascot from now on. But I want to give you guys some information on the new spring ball coming up for not just UW and WSU, but Eastern Washington, Central Washington. If you want to check out Eastern Washington spring ball, it'll start on April third. And April 28th will be the red-white game. So that's when you can see all the Eastern Washington players. Guys like Gage Gubrud and uh, I don't know who else they got anymore at, at Eastern Washington right now. They're pretty mad that Sam, they didn't make the playoffs Sam Mc, last Sam year. Sam McPherson's still there. Sam right? McPherson doesn't have the mainstream appeal. None of them really do. But uh, And Fernie Gurley. Like, we know Sam McPherson. But like, do you think that yeah. the, the average person the, in the uh. state of Washington that – he, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a local they product. Should. He's a local product. They should know who he is. He's, he's the a, only running back in the room. Talent, he's a darn talented running back. <laughs> he's I, he reminds me of Max Borgie. He, he reminds me of uh, that kind of that same yeah. playing style. They're, they're actually yeah. exactly the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just uh, I don't know. Max Borgie just has a higher. That's a guy who. That's a, that's a guy. I think I think if McPherson would have would have went to like to WCU as like maybe like a preferred walk on or something like that, or maybe I mean maybe on scholarship, uh, he would have done well. You know, just a, like a good pass the, catching back. I th- I'm sure Leach would have loved him. He actually scored. A t- he scored his first touchdown. He against scored his first touchdown against W. There were actually yeah. rumors that UW was at a Sam McPherson game in the playoffs, but he tore his ACL, and they were going to offer him, but he tore his ACL, yeah, and they said, nope. "I remember that." Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a real thing. Like it was, it was, it was a couple years ago now, but I, I do remember. Uh, UW having some light interest in bringing Sam McPherson in, whether as a preferred walk-on or as a scholarship player, because that guy owned the state for so many, like at least two seasons. He was oh, yeah. like the he was the talk of the state. Him and but which also uh, the quarterback for that team was Ross Bowers that won the state championship. Um, he and he's doing well at, uh, at yeah, at but Cal it was right now. 
it was it was Sam McPherson that, that <laughs> did all it that did all the legwork for yeah, that he, team. I it mean, was Sam McPherson's show. Dominated the, his senior season. Try to think of who else on Eastern Washington that would be statewide recognized. And Fernie Gurley is definitely a guy. He won Archbishop Murphy. That was when they were in so much trouble. And and Fernie Gurley was uh, definitely the signature player on that team. Uh, also along with Kyler Gordon as well. But yeah, those were like the two running backs for uh, Archbishop Murphy at the time. Um, at wide receiver, Zach Eagle. He's from Camus. He's a pretty good wide receiver. How many practices are open for a team like Eastern Washington to the public? You can go, you can go whenever you want. Really, I I feel I, pretty cool. I think so because, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to go. It's, it's it's it doesn't have the same uh, <laughs> yeah. you know following, but like see Central Washington practice, yeah, you can go whenever you want. I don't know if the same for Eastern, as I said, but I I think that like high school Eastern CWL, unless you're UW WSU or a Pac-12 school, pretty much they they like you when people come out to their practices. You probably could support get, going. Like you couldn't get interviews or anything. Like you couldn't just walk up to an Eastern player and ask them questions, <laughs> like, like kind of an independent report. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna send the stands uh, at the, sure. the the Roos Field. Um, at Central Washington, their spring ball starts on April 4th and April 29th is their spring ball game. Uh, notable player from Central is Riley Hennessy, and that's probably the only one that people would know. But I will say that they do have a lot of players from in-state, so I think each individual high school probably has but, a couple uh, players. Did you did you hear that Central they they scheduled a game with University of Idaho. You added in, that, didn't you? For 2019, which in terms of for steps for Central Washington, that's a huge step forward, adding a, a D1 AA team to their, yeah, that's, that's to their uh, to schedule. Well, look, so, you, weren't, you weren't there last week, but we were discussing that CW is going to be finally renovating their football field. There's going to be lights this year, and there's going to be a brand new turf field, hey. and they're going to move the track away. So hey, that's it's, an expensive it's, project. Oh, uh, I don't think it's expensive. I just don't think that Central had the funds at that time. It's it's not. I mean, not like, okay, it's so not super expensive, but it's they're definitely not gonna, like they're a, not going to make. Deal. It's not a yeah. It's, it's it'll be like an average high school football stadium now instead of like what it was before, which was not <laughs> it was not high school football standards. But uh, they're they're also going to be adding like it, the way they the, if you look at the layout, it looks a lot like Pop Keeney. Like they got the bathrooms in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, they got like an alumni section. Uh, more more uh, formidable press box. More there's like actual ticket stands now. Um, next like, next on the list is just getting some some suites in there, and then you guys are you guys are just sweets. there. You've, I, you you've made Central, it. You've you made think, it. <laughs> Central Central actually does sell season tickets, but I don't I don't know if uh, if sweets are going to wait. Although these games go on forever, sweets. so they they uh, the, the, the John the John Kitna suite. What did you? <laughs> yeah, John, well, yeah, John Kitna. He, he is not a very. Uh, he he gives back to the Central community, but he is. He's just not. He's just not somebody. That's, we've talked about this. We, he 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 doesn't support Central Washington football as much as uh, he probably should. Mm-hmm. He's got his jersey hung looking, up in, yeah. in pretty much every hallway yeah. at Central and every single sign. Uh, you'll see some type of John Kinda if you walk around campus. But where did you find all this information that CW will be playing Idaho on September seventh, two thousand nine? Because I didn't hear anything about this. And I'm from the place, so where did where did this come out from? Yeah, so this came from. Uh, I saw Theo Lawson reported this, and, and he's a U of I alum. And, uh, was it a tweet or was it an article and, in the sports well, it, it, it No, U of I announced that they were doing uh, the three home games. So I, I saw it. I saw it. He like retweeted the, the U, uh, U of I football t- uh, mentioning that they signed those home games. And Central Washington was for 2019. That's insane. I mean, that that is a big step. That's for a big Central deal. To join That's the a big, big sky, deal. Which they're obsessed with right now of doing is yeah. being a big sky team. 
along with renovations, they're they're building a new track and field complex as well. It's actually a track and field complex that's right behind my house. So it's like an empty lot in my backyard that they're going to build a track and field right now. So uh, when you when you look <laughs> at it, when you when you I mean, obviously this is on a much smaller scale, but Central Washington is kind of at the point where WSU was in like 2011. Like. What? Their program, okay, I, I, and I said on a much smaller, on a much, much <laughs> okay, okay, smaller scale, part. on a much, much smaller scale, like, they don't have the infrastructure to compete, now they can have the option of investing and getting the infrastructure to, to get, to be, compete with who they want to compete with, but it's a matter uh, of spending that money, and whether they will spend that money is kind of, remains to be seen. But I mean, it's a similar spot that WCU was in in 2011. A lot of people were like, "These guys are jokes. Like they 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 don't deserve to be in in the Pac-10." And I mean, no, there was no serious conversations of of WCU ever leaving. And they the still Pac- have the lowest the rated Pac-10. facilities in the Pac-12 right now. It, it's it's still not. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's yeah. still nothing that people are like clamoring clamoring about when it comes to you know quality of facilities and yeah. that Pac-12 standard. So. But yeah. that is one way to look at it. Uh, CWU, the problem with this place right now is that they're they're really pushing the limit. Like I said, there's like an empty lot right next to me right now that they're going to build this track and field complex on. But the problem with this campus is, look, the middle of Washington, there's so much space around here. I mean, you could, you, you could, there's like hundreds, like not hundreds of miles, like lots of miles of space around the campus. Yeah. But they built the main streets right around that complex that has all the built, like the, the school buildings. So they can't, like, the main roads, you can't really build anything outside of it because that's where all the houses are. So they built everything really tight together, which is going to make it hard to build stuff on campus. But, and, I mean, that they have they have a good amount of space in that, that athletic complex. They and, don't. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, 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 uh, they, they, have some, they have some open fields, but, every, like I said, everything's built so tight together that uh, you, you, you can't build stuff you can't build stuff on the other side of the houses because then you would kind of destroy that on-campus environment where everything's kind of together in one place. Uh, they're just yeah. running out of space on campus right now because they want to build new dorms. Uh, they're really pushing it right now, and which is just, it's disappointing because there's so much space in central Washington to build stuff that if they were to do it over again, they probably would have spread the whole campus out more. Like you would literally see one end of the campus from the other just by standing in one corner. That's yeah. how kind of how tight everything's built together, which would put a limit on how much they can really increase the, the number of students here and, and as a result increase the revenue for the school. But nonetheless, they still got, they finally, after years of work, have finally gotten approved to build a new football, not a new stadium, but, you know, add, add renovations to it, add walkways, take away the tracks. So when they do have nationally televised games on ESPN3, they don't need to, to move everything around to make it look bigger than it actually is. Well, you know, from one school that's in severe debt because of the athletic department to another school <laughs> who may potentially become in, come in severe debt because of their athletic oh, department. Everybody's trust me, trust me, it's worth it. It's worth it, it, it <laughs> to watch a team, to have in the fall a team that's actually worth watching. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Well, <laughs> I asked Jackson this question last week. Well, Luke, let me get your answer on this one. So say CWU, they're going to build this new football stadium and it's going to seat a few thousand people. What is it going to take for you to come out to a Central Washington football game? Oh, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, oh, that's not. If good. I'm not in school and the Huskies aren't playing, like, like if it's if it, if they're playing so, on the road at like so, seven o'clock at night, like, would you would you make the two hour yeah, drive Husky, out here just to? Well, actually, so this is a fun. Stadium? This is a fun. Like, it has not been confirmed, but my friend and I are doing what 
we, we can't decide if we want to call it the quest for 12 or the quest for 15, uh, which is we're going to try to go to every Husky football game this year, which is obviously cool. there will be 12 football games guaranteed. The quest yeah. for 15 says not be, only are yeah. we in the, the like the wanting to go to every game, but we also are hoping that the Huskies play in that national championship. It so. is help, because it helps that the first game is at Auburn, so that it's not only you're going to a great football yeah. matchup, but you're also going to experience a decent yeah, exactly. city. Like so kind of a we, decent will, we started will it. You we, be, will that? you be working every game, or uh, will you be well? So that's TBD. We'll or, see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I'll work yeah. some, not the others. Yeah. Uh, like well, the Auburn one, I'm going to my dad, so I think I'll probably cool. like. Yeah. So that's how it started, though, because we were talking about like, like, oh, like he's like, I'm going to the Auburn game. I was like, oh my gosh, so am I too. And then I was like, wait a Why second, want to go like, to other ones. And then we were like, yeah. well, so what, like our freshman year, we went to the Oregon Washington game in Eugene, and I grew up going to every Oregon Washington game when it was in Eugene. So I was like, wait, so that's two. And then Wazoo's well, three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's an easy Gotta one. Got to come out to Pullman. Yeah. And then it's we're like, holy cow, like, I have a friend who goes to USC. I have a friend who goes to Santa Clara, which is like close Saves enough to Saves money, yeah. yeah. Uh, cal, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, oh my gosh. So, like, the only one that's going to be a grind is Utah. That's going to suck. And that's the second game of the season. And that might that might be kind of demotivating if that's, you know, if you yeah. go to if you go to Atlanta, which you were going to go to anyways, and then you go to Oregon. Okay, this is nice. Yeah, nice exactly. But then run, we but have to go watch. <laughs> like, first of all, Utah is just an, like, Utah is the most annoying team in the Pac 12 in every sport. Like in what I'm, way? <laughs> they're just like annoyingly just so so. They're the toughest out every single time. Okay, as far as the competitive game. Yeah, like they're just so competitive, yeah. and like you, you know, like na- just, nationwide you saw, they will like not get. Are, what was that? Salt Lake City is just a tr- Salt Lake City is just a tough place to travel to. Yeah, exactly. And then and then they're not going to get the national respect of like. So if you lose that game, it's a bad loss, but it's not because they're so freaking tough. Oh yeah. But, uh, so by the way, just to answer your question, if there was not a like, if there's like. If like schedule permitted, it probably wouldn't take me that much to go to like a C dub game. Like if school wasn't in session, I think it'd be kind of fun to go over to Ellensburg. I've never. Been. I would. I would. I would try and recommend a game right now based off CDS football schedule because you're not going to want to see. You're not going to want to see play Simon Fraser. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they don't even have the 2018 football schedule, which is very surprising. That the 2018. Okay, let's see if ESPN has it. Because if they don't have it, then yeah, it's not going to be. No, they don't have. So we don't have a schedule right now for CW's 2018 football team. Uh, but most of the games are not really worth seeing. The only game that really stands out would be if they played an out-of-state opponent like they did this year when they played North Alabama. Uh, they go on a road a lot. They played uh, Texas A&M Kingsville last year, and they played uh, Zusa Pacific, but that's kind of that's still an in-conference game. Uh, so, yeah, if, they, if, if there's a marquee team like North Alabama coming up for Division Two, that might be the game to check out. But most of these games... Oh, hey, are, hey, uh, road trip. 2019 September 7th down to down to Moscow catch catch Central Washington take on uh, the Vandals at the Kibbe Dome. Any That'd takers be there? I'd We're be all in. there. I'm Sounds in. good. Sounds good. Let's mark our let's mark our calendars. 2019 CW is going to be <laughs> playing mean, their first free man no school matchup. for me. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be done by then. So yeah, let's, uh, let's yeah, we're all going to be uh, graduate. Yeah, CW can make a run and beat Idaho and create maybe the biggest upset <laughs> in school history. <laughs> That'd be amazing to would see. Would we? Would we rush? Would we rush? Oh the field? yes, I was literally gonna say. Oh, we're on the we're on, we're on the field if that happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. The thing about that is there'd be so few people that would. We'd for sure get cuffed. Oh, absolutely. There's not gonna be. I don't, th- I don't yeah, think. I don't think. I don't think. Base, yeah, I don't think Moscow PD be... would take take too right, kindly. This is to that. so off topic too, and I just like. But 
just speaking of rushing the field, and this just might be me being like kind of arrogant, but are you ever at like a Mariners game or something like that and be like, I for sure could get from foul pole, foul pole to foul pole? There's no way that you would make it past <laughs> no. like the first 30 feet. You never feet. think like, that? You, oh, dude, I think I could. I think I could. No, have you guys ever seen the video of the guy that, uh, at, at uh, Maid Park yeah, where he yeah, escapes? Yeah, he escapes. He escapes? Oh my gosh, Where did he go? Because he left the that's field and he climbed up wait, so wait, field. Yeah, where, was he it? Runs, where was it? He runs so, at Minute Maid Park. Uh, so the Astros, Astros stadium. He, he runs, runs up the ramp. He runs up field. the ramp. He runs up the ramp in center field. Like jumps up the fence. Like gets onto the concourse. And then I don't. I don't know what happened after that. I mean, <laughs> no one knows. But it just. But it was unbelievable. Legendary. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's so yeah. sweet. He came from the right field side. <laughs> I, I've oh. always wondered, like, I evaded, evaded think, several, several tackles. Yeah, brutal jukes. Yeah. I mean, some bears the security guards. Do you think ever during, yeah. like, a, let's say, a football game, a fan runs onto the field during play? Do you think ever like a linebacker or something is like, what if I just stuck him right now? They usually do. <laughs> There's usually a football player out there that's gonna. It's, it's, no, you shouldn't do no, it because no, no, you're gonna yeah. end up like that USC player that's now in legal trouble. Yeah, but uh, a lot of times these uh, these NFL players will just lay him out. They'll just say uh, they'll they'll push. I've him. never seen that. They they I've don't because once, actually I saw a video. You, it, it has to be fan video because the TV broadcast will not show a fan running the field because yeah. if they did that, everybody would start running the field to get on national television. Uh, yeah. So, but but usually the players it's always on the baseball. It's always that first just two to three seconds where you just get to catch a little bit of it, and then they they flip away. And, and, and the, but it's it's so sweet. I saw a, like an umpire just destroy a fan. And it was the, <laughs> the coolest thing of all time. Like a little bit of a crowd, like oh, like it's, it was so yeah. awesome. So if, if we're looking at spring ball right now, that's Central Washington starting April fourth. Then high school spring ball starts on June first with Friday night light scrimmages set for most mo- most schools will be on June fifteenth. So high school spring ball is always you know a couple a month afterwards. Uh, just scheduling a lot of you know we've got baseball going on right now. Uh, so it's getting to be that time of year. Uh, spring balls go spring balls uh, pretty hot right now. Yeah. A lot of interest uh, coming back right now to the college and high school football world. Uh, seeing their favorite players, seeing their favorite teams back in action. When is uh, UW's uh, their version of the spring ball game? Uh, I, gosh, it's embarrassing. Is I need to look at this right now. But like their spring game, like and I'm sure most teams are like this. Is just it's terrible to watch. Like it's not oh fun. yeah. Uh, but I think it's late April. Let me pull that up for you right now. Like, but I, I remember I went to a spring game my senior year of high school, and like was so hyped about it. And then we got there and we were kind of just like, you know, have, like disaster, have you guys seen yeah. like the the family vacation? Like, you know, when they get to the Grand Canyon, and they kind of just like, yeah, oh, is yeah. that a movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And they just they stand there and they just like shake their head a couple times and they're like, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. It's just like yeah. <laughs> it's like a hundred percent what it feels like. I remember because I remember because it was it was. Uh, Peterson's first year, John, newly on the team. My entire family went to the, like, oh, we're going to the spring. Like, this is going to be great. And we show yeah. it's just like watching like it's periods of like it literally you know, I, like drills. it is no yeah. different from a practice. They make it's, a live once yeah, or twice more. Any, so it's April 21st, yeah. noon, uh, and it will be on the Pac-12 network, worth pointing out. So, yeah, mm. I mean, well, will be a come out and watch. like come out and support. <laughs> this is not the best selling I could do for my university, but you know. Yeah, like it, it's, it's, it's WCU's, WCU spring game is also on the twenty first. Uh, and, and if oh sweet, and if you want if you want to get an autograph yeah. and picture, that's another big drop for sure. In the spring yeah, ball definitely. Games. Yeah, and yeah. like for for yeah. I mean, my view on it now has changed because I watch every spring practice. That the spring game is like it's mm-hmm. nothing different. But go like I won't lie, like it wasn't like 
obviously was expecting more live periods when I went my high school senior year, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. But it was still super awesome to like see all the players that I loved. You know what I mean? It was like and, a very and, cool yeah. It, even even though the players play on national television. Uh, they you know they have big followings on social media. They still appreciate when fans come out and want to talk. Oh, to them for sure. Want to like they? they you, yeah, I remember. I've been a big you know big part of my life for the last few seasons with these running back of Miles Gaskin, Jake Browning. There's no way that they just blow that for off. Sure. You know, as far as a human. Yeah. Oh, uh, and like like my senior year, obviously, like my level of Husky fandom is has always been a lot different than a normal casual fan. But I was there with like my friend who's like equally into Husky football, and. uh the three players we had the longest conversations with were first Travis Feeney, which like who ended up being a stud, right? But at the time, yeah, not like, no, yeah, he wasn't a guy that was like a household name by any means. Saul Mooching, and uh, gosh, how am I blanking? Oh yeah, Keyshawn Beria. Like all three at that time, uh-huh. like very excited about that. Like all like those were three great conversations, and they ended up having like big impacts by the time it was all said and done. But like through like the three of them by that point in their career they had like a combined like seven starts you know so it was like and they were like down to talk it was great <laughs> it was especially super you, cool especially you know who they are i mean like you've got players. lines like out the door to see like Shaq and uh <laughs> you know keith yeah or, yeah and then it's just like or no siler miles and jeff lindquist i guess at the time actually no siler wasn't at spring ball who I I definitely enjoy uh, I I definitely enjoy talking to the Henry Bainavalu's and to Elijah. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, you go and you hit those guys up, and they definitely <laughs> want to talk to you for sure. Especially if you know it about their background, like, hey, you want to say and you can <laughs> talk to them because it's not a two hundred person line. You know, every so every year, my brother just like. All the only people that talk to him are like really little kids, and he just milks yeah, for sure. it for everything that's worth. <laughs> does he, does like he love a hundred? I'm sure he does. I mean, he hasn't signed the footballs sure with twenty five yeah, autographs yeah. on it already. Yeah, yeah, and he there's probably a hundred pictures of him with like little kids, just making him look like this humanitarian of the year. Oh, for like, sure. It's just it's just so That's funny. That's so awesome. That that time yeah. of the year. Yeah, my my like one of my really good friends that I live with uh, is a walk on on the basketball team. This was his first year as a walk on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, after the Arizona game, he comes home and he's like, guys, like I signed my first autograph. And we're like, yes, yeah. let's go. And <laughs> although, here's what it was. No, it was for, uh, he signed an autograph for Brock Heward's kid. And like his, wow. like, and his, his dad was there and he tried, like, I can't remember what, it must've been like a bad angle or someone walked in front of him, but he tried so hard to get a picture of it, but he couldn't. Because it was like, oh. how sweet will that be when Brock Heward's kid's playing in the NFL or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Jason I signed an yeah. <laughs> That's so that's so funny. Well, hey, as you know, before we we wrap this up, I want to make a quick plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am starting a new column that I'm doing this spring, and, and it's gonna there's gonna be about five segments to it. It's probably gonna be like drop weekly and I, I'm doing the previews for the spring previews for the position battles because oh, there, there are so many so many of them yeah and, and the first one will be available tomorrow on you know ever evergreen.com you Sweet. know find it are um, these are these segments like as in podcasts or are these like articles no, like, no, no, no article it's okay, a column okay, it's yeah, a column, column. Okay, yeah, segments yeah. like audio okay yeah yeah. Right there. yeah 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 so so fi- so like five installments oh, of, this, yeah, of this that, column yeah. and the the first one is going to be uh quarterbacks it's going to be the run- running backs and quarterbacks okay, and i'm i did them first because you know a running backs you know you probably got your easiest you know prediction for your for, for sure. your, your pick and mm-hmm. who's going to be and then quarterbacks it's, it's Pretty early to tell. You don't have Gardner yeah. Minshew here. 
starting early, starting kind of with a know, bang. Not as much of the hot, yeah. Well, not as much of the hot takes because you know I haven't seen enough. And then we'll start to develop some more. I got wide receivers yeah, and sure. offensive line next week, mm-hmm. and then defense, and then special teams will follow that. So I'm really excited about that for sure. And uh, if you listened, you know, you probably heard some some of the takes, some of my opinions. You'll, sh- I'm sure you'll see it if you give it a read. When is for that sure. first? Uh, when is the column going to first come out? I believe tomorrow. Okay, be, okay. The first one should be out tomorrow. And, and you yeah, said you're exciting. previewing running backs first? Running backs and quarterbacks. Okay, you got to get that out on Twitter, which you can find at Jackson M. Garner. Because yeah, yeah, definitely. if you can get those it, articles up there, yeah. they're very easy to do. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and also, yeah, find us all on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen, M-I-C-A-H underscore C-H-E-N, at Luke Monger, M-O-U-N-G-E-R. Uh, I'm sure that you're going to be writing stuff about the Utah football yeah. spring ball as well, correct? Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it'll kind of like unfold as as things go on, but a lot of times we'll switch off between doing practice recaps and then like what stood out, uh, and then we'll like kind of do like a whole position kind of recap by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a lot of stuff coming out in these next couple of weeks. You need some yeah. plugs. In, awesome. You need some plugs in for the show right now. Uh, send us any questions that you might have about yep. UW WSU Eastern football or anything life related as well. We can answer anything on this show. Uh, send that to Chen no. at yahoo.com. So basically, any questions that you might have. We're, we're essentially life counselors. Yeah, here. dude. I want, looking, I want to yeah. one day be sought after. Like, like people are like, dang, <laughs> like, ah, like I have a really tough decision. I'm Just like, let's ask for the, advice. The Washington yeah. Football Crunch guys. A bunch yeah. of 21 year old <laughs> therapists on this show right now. Yeah. We, we, we have a lot to share with you. But, Wise uh, beyond our <laughs> But you also go go to iTunes and leave us a five star review. Hit that five star button. We always appreciate that. The show will five always be Five stars only. Show will always Just like Pad yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, give it a give, star, if you're trying if you yeah. If you're trying to give us a four star, just don't even bother. Just yeah, leave exactly. That, leave just that go no- ahead and- leave that noise at the door. You know, only five stars. <laughs> yeah, you can leave that on another show. We don't want that negativity <laughs> on our on our page. Uh but no, really, I mean that does that does help the show out a lot. You know, yeah. these, these shows are always gonna be free. We're not ne- we're never gonna be a yeah. podcast that's gonna sell out and try and you know, charge you to listen to our show on uh, on any type of stream. But if you give us a five star review, that would uh, that would really we'd really appreciate that. And we'd we'd probably even take a four on, for real, like yeah, know, for on, sure on the real. Yeah, we, we'll take a four. But like, it'll, it's, not, it's not too bad. It'll keep her average. You better, yeah, you you better have you better have a good explanation for that four star. In, uh, in, like it was gonna give you a five star, but the two minute conversation about the rating you should give me. Yeah, be- begging for rating. I lost you a star. Just just a, just a cheap plug, you know, just the throwing out the show, and that's not something I'll ever put at the beginning. It's just that. Hey, but yeah. If you've listened, if you've listened this far, then you get to hear our cheap plugs. Yeah. Well, and if you listen this far, you're probably going to give us a five star review. Let's be honest. Yeah. You, yeah. Ninety minutes. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're here every single Tuesday. Uh, Washington Football Crunch. Um. In in this has been. Uh. It's all. So next Tuesday will be April second. That'll be our next show. And this has been literally the fastest month ever. I mean, March has just flown by. Uh. But uh. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Uh. For Michael Lugan Jackson, signing off.